Shall we go forward? Okay. So we so we come we come to uh, the other side of the paper, and and the the reason I I brought this scripture up it wasn't it, it just is because we're we're looking at this scripture this morning. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, and insult you, and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. And then there's a woe to those that, it says, woe to those when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. So Jesus, he launches into his first large sermon in a way that I would have blacked out the whole text. <laughs> Think about it. Let me, let, let me read it to you again. Well, you know it. Blessed are the poor. Let me read it to you here. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you. Now, I've never preached a message like this. It's the very first like, preaching time that we have in the Bible of Jesus. And I look at it and I go, it's real nice and flowery. We're in you know, 21st century America. It's like, oh, blessed are you. Yours is the kingdom of God. That's so poetic. But the, the people who listened to that for the first time, something else was happening. Now, when we listen to this, these are, these are four things that we're completely afraid of. Poverty. Hunger. I mean, we're, I know we're going to eat in about <laughs> half an hour. You guys will make it. You, you know, you're like, I should have had breakfast before church. Hunger. We hate grieving. We hate loss. And we really don't like it when people don't like us. In fact, much of our life is surrounding making sure people like us. Right? I see it in my life all the time. And I, and I, have, to do, I have to literally coach myself every time I have to do something difficult relationally. I have to say to myself, do hard things. And then I remind myself, most things you have to confront is, are only 24 hours of pain. Meaning that it's going to hurt for 24 hours. You're going to think about it, and you're going to go, well, I wish that went better. Uh, I uh, wish I hadn't had to come into that conflict. Does it happen to anybody? I mean, like, like, like conflict is like, no, it's like I want to be that, you know, the, the happy guy, the happy pastor. The, you know, it's like, woo, it's all good. Everything's good. And unfortunately, I've acted in that way often, but that often creates relationships that become unlivable. 
Because if you never live in a time, you know, if you're always trying to please everybody and make sure everybody likes you, then eventually will come that day that somebody will take advantage of you and you're really not going to like it. Okay. So I wouldn't have done the, I wouldn't have done the sermon this way. I, I, I would have done it differently. I, I mean, I don't know how would I do it. Well, here's how I would do it. Blessed are you who are rich. For you have received comfort. Blessed are you who are well fed. For being hungry is a bummer. (laughs) Blessed are you who laugh now. Shall we laugh some more? For you will enjoy more comedy at church. (laughs) Blessed are you when men speak well of you. Because you will feel good about yourself all day long. Now, I had to ask myself, why did Jesus not do it my way? I thought that was the best message. Everybody was encouraged when I went that way, right? Because, I mean, really, when, when we think about it, don't we, don't we want God to bless us so we're rich? And don't we want to have, like, lots of stuff in our refrigerator? And, and don't we want never anything that's, that would cause us to mourn? No death, no, no brokenness, everything's working all the time. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus does the flip side of that, which is terrible. But I figured it out why he did that. It's because the people that were trying to get close to Jesus were the broken and the hungry and the mourning. And I'm not. So I'm like, Jesus, you shouldn't do it this way. And then I found myself in the woe section. (laughs) How did I get to the woe section when I wanted to be in the blessed section? And the reason Jesus did it this way was the people who were in the blessed section were the people that thought they were excluded from God. Just what Maureen was, was saying. Because when you're broke, do you feel like you're blessed? When you're hungry, you, you know, I mean, Jenny and I, we were, we were talking about some of the old meals. We, we used to invite ourselves over to people's homes because we couldn't afford food when we first started in the ministry. <laughs> we're like, hey, let's, do, let's get together for some fellowship. <laughs> I'll bring the salad. Yeah, we always brought the salad. It's like, we'll bring the salad. I hope you got some meat. <laughs> What's happening tonight? <laughs> I didn't want to be on that side, right? And when we have trouble. And so the people that have hard times feel excluded from God because they go, why me? Why did this happen? Why did, I, why did my child not whatever? And Jesus was reminding them or telling them for the first time, you are the ones with access. You thought you didn't have access, but I'm telling you that you really have access. And that encourages my heart because most of us do come to Christ when we're broke, when we're hungry, when, we're, when things aren't going well, when we really need him. Something's wrong with my kid. I got, I, you know, I got to get a hold of God. And Jesus is saying, that's when you'll find me. You'll certainly come in that way.
Unfortunately, in Jesus was trying to talk to the religious side of their society, that, that culture at that time. Because they were saying, you know, they were walking around going, woo, I'm doing fine. That means God is on my side. And Jesus was saying, if you're not doing fine, God is really on your side. In fact, woe to you who think that because you're doing well in the eyes of the world, that you're doing well with me. That's a good reminder for us too. Because sometimes we feel like, hey man, it's all working out. God must be blessing me. Well, God blesses those who follow him to heaven. Right? Because he says, the first thing he says is, blessed, yours is the kingdom of God. And Jesus taught us, seek first the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God. Why? And all these other things will be added to you. We think that the adding is the best part, but the best part is the seeking of the kingdom. Okay. Well, today I just wanted to talk about the fourth blessing. The problem when people reject you. I hate rejection. I hate it. I hate even any bit of it. In fact, I'm in the wrong business. Now, Jesus does have a caveat. He says, when they hate you, exclude you, insult you, and reject you because of me, not because of you. (laughs) Now, that's a problem because I can be a jerk. And when I'm a jerk, I can be rejected. And people are like, I reject you. So what he's reminding us of is if we want to follow Christ, we want to make sure that the rejection we experience is because of him and his truth and the truth. I hate when people say that's your truth or my truth. There's only the truth. You guys all know that. There's the truth. It's not your truth. If you've attached to the truth, then that can be yours. But there's only one truth. The truth is the truth is the truth. Is that okay? Can I say that? Can I say that? (laughs) On YouTube? Uh, I know. Because a lot of people, well, that's your truth. And I have my own truth. No, 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 no. There is no, there's, the truth is defined. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to get into anything strange or political here. I'm just, just saying, just saying, <laughs> the truth is truth is truth, wherever truth may be found. Everybody good with that? Okay, so, so let's talk about rejection, exclusion, insulting. Um, we as Christians are coming into an age where you're not going to be liked because you go to the cool church. Do you know that? Now, I know this is not a cool church. It's not cool enough, obviously, because, you know, we don't have enough chairs out here, and we certainly don't have any. Well, we should put up a disco ball. <laughs> Just kidding. That's way we're going backwards. And we, 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 need, we need flash pots and stuff like that. I mean, it's like, come on, get some cooler stuff. Anyway, I think that a lot of times, and the reason I'm saying that is when the church tries to become like the world, to attract the world, then it misses out on the whole message 
that's going to happen is that you have to follow Jesus. Is that okay? Okay, I just want to say that. And I don't, I don't mean to demean that, but it can be possible to not follow Jesus in a group of people that are following Jesus. How do you know if you're following Jesus? All of these blessings kind of point us to that. So, yes. You know, I just keep going. What question was it that you wanted me to answer? Oh, no, no. It's in the text. <laughs> How do we know? Is if we're experiencing Jesus differently than the world is. Okay? Because what, what Jesus was laying out for us was that we, the world says this is what it looks like if God is with you. And for Christians, it's actually the opposite or may become the opposite. What if we all lost everything today? How would your relationship with Jesus change? Anybody? I mean, I mean, no, but it's a question we have to ask. Because we have to be able to strip it all away. What if everybody hated you? You went to work and you said, oh, I went to church yesterday. And everybody went, what, you bigot, you, 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 you homophobe, you, you, you white supremacist, if you're white. Uh, sorry, uh, I know we... What, because Christianity is, is, is now moved into that camp, right? If you're a follower of Jesus, somehow the propaganda continues to swing and, and it, has, it has for all of eternity. Those who follow God are called other things. Now, Jesus' disciples, you know what happened to them all? They all lived happily ever after. <laughs> They all got big castles and streets of gold. Uh, oh, hold on. That was after they died. They were all martyred. And Jesus was warning those who follow him that you can die for this thing. Prematurely. <laughs> yes, prematurely. And that's, that's, not, that's not very American. But I know about you guys and I, those that are with us online this morning. Uh, if it's all stripped away, you would still follow Jesus. Even though we have the blessings of we've we're got $2 in the bank, we got uh, food in our, in our thing, and, and we have people around us when we're mourning. We're not alone, right? And even when people speak evil of us, those here will say, you are loved by God. No matter what anybody says about you, you are loved by me and you're loved by God. And I'm never going let, let, to let go of that. And that's important. Because what if it is stripped away? We don't know what we're walking into in the future, do we? Does that bring anybody? It doesn't, it, you know, as long as we have each other, Right? It's with the body of Christ. We're going to be okay. All right. Let's talk about rejection for just a minute because you actually have real rejection in your life or you have feelings of rejection. 
And let's, th- this is our own thing. Why are we so afraid of people not liking us? Anybody, any thoughts, anybody? What is it in us that has to be liked? For most of us. Some are cantankerous and, and you don't care. It's like, I don't care what people think of me. I have a lot of friends like that. I like those people. It's like, really? <laughs> I wish I was like you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's really, yeah, both those are really good. Rochelle? Um, I think this might be kind of the same thing. I was just thinking insecurity, like not secure in who we are. And those, in, yeah, I feel like those relationships make us more valuable instead of like the relationship with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, at least I got Jesus, you, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's one of the points, is that God has created us to be in relationship and in right relationship with people that will actually speak good about us. Yeah, there's something that's innate in us to want to be liked. That's for our good, and that's okay. But one of the things that Jesus is talking about here is we can't compromise the truth of who he is in order to receive that. In fact, um, Jesus, in Matthew, he, he fills in this part and he said, brother will hate brother. People will despise you and reject you. And then he says, the student isn't above his teacher. And we read Isaiah 53 today. What happened to Jesus? Right? So he was willing that the truth of the good news of Christ would go forth in spite of his own ego and even his own pain. I'm not there yet. That's another area that Jesus is going to have to work on. He's been working on it this year because my, oh my, if I had to confront more people this year than in any year of my life, and you're not in the, you know, maybe maybe I'll confront you later. And maybe you need to confront me because maybe I don't need to feel so good about myself, which I don't. (laughs) Okay. So this is a point of of prayer, though, and because this is what he says. There's a promise tied to this. Blessed are you when people hate you, exclude you, despise you, reject you. I want you to rejoice in that day and leap for joy. How many feel excited right now? Jesus, don't get excited. When, thing, when, when you say, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ, and the truth goes forth about the good news of Jesus, he's died for us because we are desperate sinners. Everybody know you, you were a desperate sinner. And Jesus, all the sin of the world was laid on him so that you could have life. And when we say that to someone else, I remember that as, as a young Christian, I used to tell everybody about Jesus. And I was rejected a lot. Uh, my, my, my brother, he was, he, was, he was the worst. 
He used to say, I hate that you're a Christian. You know, and, and he, then he would add some words <laughs> that, I, that I learned. Like, wow, I didn't know I could be despised that much. He used to call me when he moved out of the state. He used to call me once in a while just to curse me out. Now, that's the kind of brother you need, you know? And I would just get up and do a jig. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you. No, I didn't. I'm like, man, I need my brother. I got to pray for my brother. Because here's, here's the point. The reason we can rejoice is because it reminds us of the grace of God in our life and the importance of us making sure that nothing will get in the way of that. Because what happens right after someone rejects you? You want to get back at them. Which there's an interesting verse that follows up this one. But I tell you, you who hear me, love your enemies. The first reaction that we all have when somebody's not speaking well of us is, they ought to die. <laughs> or at least, you know, God, move them, move them away. Take them to heaven. <laughs> now, this has never happened to anybody here. <laughs> is, is it only me? <laughs> that my first, re- this is my emotional reaction, not my spiritual reaction. My spirit, my emotional reaction. Okay, so he says, I want you to leap for joy. I want you to dance because you've now been reminded that you're a servant of God that has the truth and the grace of God for those that need to hear it. Because one thing I've discovered is that people that don't like you, it's not you. It's them. Because there's something in them that needs to overpower you for them to feel okay about themselves. Right? It's like, you're a Christian. That can't be true. I must overpower you with my agnosticism or my atheism. And for a Christian, we take that in like Jesus took on the sins of the world. And we say, yeah, I love you enemy. That's deep. See? This ain't a bad message Jesus is preaching. Is it? He's so good. I'm glad he told me this. Because I want to be a light in the world. And when we respond in the same kind of way that our natural man responds, we're going to miss out on being able to bring more people to Christ. All right. I put down here a third point, the future with Jesus. (laughs) And I had no idea what, I mean, I really don't even have any notes for it. Except, (sighs) now that is joy. Coming in the room. Because Jesus says, says this, I want you to jump for joy because great is your reward in heaven. 
For that is how the ancestors treated the prophets. There's something about the way we live our life now that must keep our mind connected to eternity. Because all the people that were woeing in this world, it says that they got their reward here because they were living in the world. And for us, Jesus is reminding us, hey, we're not going to see everything, every blessing here. And those that, that Jesus talks about, he's, he's, he's talking about, that's how they treated the prophets. Now, you guys remember, do you, anybody read their prophets lately? If you read the prophets, you'll read like Isaiah. It's a really good one. He goes, how long am I supposed to preach to these people? Until everyone rejects you. Oh, that's good. Ezekiel, I, I want you to walk around naked and eat only Ezekiel 4-9 bread for months and months. I want, I, now that's how long? Oh, until everybody rejects you. Did you know that? It was, that was weird. If God, I, no, God never, don't ask me to do that. I do not want to walk around naked and, sorry. Anyway, keep, move on, move on. Uh, stay with the point. The, the, the point being, Jesus is wanting to include us with those who not, did not receive what they thought they were going to receive, but they had their mind on heaven. I'm going to obey God, and I'm going to preach the truth no matter what it costs me. And I want to I, I want us to, to leave in, in praying this way. Um, the gospel in our age, in my time, in my mind, is really all about me. It's about what can Jesus do for me, right? And Jesus is reminding people that he's already doing that for them. He's already working on your behalf. Do you know that? He's, he tells us to pray. Not long. Because God knows what you need before he asks, and he starts to work on that. But I want us to pray in a way that God would remind us not to internalize so much about ourselves, but to remember even when we're attacked by another person that we're supposed to flip that around to a blessing for another person. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you do it differently than we do. We live in the world, yet we're not of this world. Yet the world says, come on, be like, be like us. And you tell us, no, it's okay. Live in another way for another purpose. Because the woes all end with... You have your reward now.
Lord, we want to live for you. And Lord, whenever we're attacked, we want to turn that to a blessing to those that might attack us. Lord, whenever we're not feeling good about ourselves because we're not in a right relationship with someone, may we be the first to offer forgiveness. May we be the first to bow the knee. Lord, when we're pressed with challenges to the gospel and truth, we pray that you would give us strength to stand and to be like the prophets of old who were rejected and like you who were rejected. And Lord, in our own relationships with one another, may we love and forgive and accept and encourage everyone that we're in relationship with. We want your highest glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, Jesus doesn't tell us how to have a good self-esteem in this passage. But I bet if you started dancing and you started rejoicing, that would help. <laughs> Amen. All right. Thank you. Yeah, somebody's starting to dance. Thank you, those who've joined us online. The rest of us are going to continue on in our time together. Have a wonderful week. Uh, I pray that you have uh, the fullness of God in your life this week. God bless you. See you soon. <laughs>